Welcome to the First Century Youth Ministry Podcast. My name is Heather. And I'm Mark, and we are your co-hosts. And we're here to take a look back into the Jewish roots of our faith. For the way forward in youth ministry discipleship. Hey, everybody. It's Heather here. And I'm Mark. Hey, and welcome back to the show. We are super glad to have you on this Monday. And, um, you know, and I thought maybe it might be fun for Mark and I to share a little bit about our lives before we dive in here. So we are both new parents. And so if you're a new parent out there, you can relate with our lives full of diaper changes, full of craziness. Yeah, We're just yeah. making it. For sure. So it's nap time at Heather's house. That's right. And I have an infant who doesn't believe in naps. <laughs> so that's where we are. <laughs> yeah. My child, she's teething right now. So for oh. all you parents out there that know about teething, I think that teething is in hell. I'm pretty sure that's a thing. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. You probably uh-huh. just teeth perpetually. <laughs> yes. Wouldn't that be terrible? Wow. <laughs> but hey, we are not talking about teething nor infants or anything having having to do with that. We are actually talking today about the oral law and the words of Jesus. So Mark, you're going to be heading up this discussion for us today. So tell us about it. What is this oral law all about? And what in the world does it have to do with the words of Jesus that we see written down in the Old Testament or that we see written down in the New Testament? Yeah, this is this is a really fun one. But before you get freaked out by the term oral law, a great way to just think about it is the discussion about the Bible that's been happening forever. Right. And by by Jesus day, they've been debating how is it that we, the people of God, live out the story of God in a compelling way? Well, they've been debating it since they got it. Okay. yeah. So when we say oral law. Maybe a great way to think about it is how in Protestant Christianity, we very much believe that scripture alone is where we go to for a picture of who God is and who we are in Christ. In the Catholic Church, they very much view that the tradition itself is also sacred. And Mm -hmm. actually, the, the rulings of the religious leaders is also sacred. And that's a big shift for some of us in our thinking, but it will help you understand how the religious leaders around Jesus are discussing Torah, because they believe that basically the great and wise leaders that have weighed in over the centuries, well, they are also sacred, like the text is sacred. Does that make sense? It's true. In fact, I was just reading something, I think it was yesterday about how when and we talked about this in the last episode, how Jesus kind of came in with this new authority, and people were like, "What? Like, what's yeah. this guy all about? This, this guy is amazing." About how when a rabbi would normally teach, they would get up and they would be like, "Rabbi so and so once said, who was quoted by Rabbi so and so that was." friends with rabbi so-and-so who once said this thing by rabbi so-and-so. So in the yeah. name of rabbi so-and-so, I offer my interpretation. So it was like this piggybacking off of, a, it was like a commentary of a commentary of a commentary, which yep. is essentially what we see in the oral law all over the place, which is what you just actually said. Yeah. Sometimes you read that literature and you're like, okay, you just like, you just like mic dropped 75 
dudes like the beginning of a hip hop track. And now you're finally going to tell me what you have to say. Yeah. And it's, it's absurd, right? Yeah. But maybe, maybe the most familiar way for us to get into it is to look at Jesus teaching himself and his most famous block of teaching the Sermon on the Mount. He flat out talks about his relationship to the scriptures and he's dancing around this idea of oral law. He says, do not think that I've come to abolish the law or the prophets, like to undo scripture, right? Sure. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. And then this is followed. Like if you track through the Sermon on the Mount, this is followed by back to back to back to back examples of how Jesus teaching fulfills or carries out the law of Moses or the Torah, yeah. Genesis through Deuteronomy. And what that is, is well, it's oral law. Jesus is giving his oral interpretation of the text of scripture. And that is Jesus weighing in on the discussions of his time about the text, right? Yeah. So, beh so behind Jesus' statement is this entire discussion of Jewish sages or rabbis about how exactly the people of God ought to live out the law given in the Old Testament. Right. I think it's hard for some people because they don't, always understand that a lot of the things that were going on in Jesus's day, as you just said, were discussions that had been happening for years. Yeah. So Jesus, when Jesus hopped onto the scene, he didn't just talk about these parables that he told or these issues that he talked about in a way that was like, oh, well, nobody's ever talked about this before. He was speaking into many of the issues of the day based upon the things that people were saying in the oral law. Yeah. Here's a really practical way to think about it. When I was a kid, my dad played for me Dr. Martin Luther King's sermon from uh, Washington Memorial, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, the I Have a Dream speech. Yeah. And I remember hearing it as a kid and thinking, man, that's really inspiring. And that is a great like dream. You know, everyone should be judged only by their merits and not the color of their skin. I completely yeah. concurred as like a seven, eight year old, right? Yeah. But then, Moving forward in my life in seventh and eighth grade, we had like hardcore introduction to the civil rights movement in America in, sure. in school. Right. And I remember hearing that speech now that I knew all of the other voices from hmm. the time of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. And it was like the lights were on. I was like, oh, that's what he's talking about. Right. Right. Yeah. Jesus words are like that. You can read them and they're beautiful and they're true and they can help you live the best life possible. But once you discover there's all this rabbinic discussion going on around him all the time and you read some of it, you're like, holy smokes, sure. that's what he's talking about. Yeah, right? totally. Yeah. I remember reading something about how these other two prominent rabbis, Hillel and Shammai, were yeah. kind of these guys who had big discussions about because essentially the oral Torah is people talking about, I think you said this earlier, uh, talking about how to live out God's word, how to live out the written Torah. Yep. So Hillel and Shammai would oftentimes have these different interpretations on how to do it. And so when Jesus would kind of weigh on, on the discussion, it's really interesting how I've, I've come up upon this a few different times about how essentially what people were asking is, Hey, do you land on Hillel's side or Hillel's side or Shammai's side or somewhere in between? Like, 
yeah. who's who's uh, whose fence are you going to sit on? And and sometimes Jesus kind of came in just swinging his own bat, right? And people were like, yeah. wow, this in- interpretation is amazing. Like, what is this all about? Where does this guy come from? Yeah. And, you know, one of the fundamental shifts that I think Jesus makes that's beautiful is the internalizing of our faith. Because Judaism, as it develops in the early first few centuries, is very based on ritual and the practices that you keep to mark yourself off as holy and as God's people. And it's in its own right, that's really beautiful. But Jesus' interpretation of the text seems to be again and again that our heart matters and Mm -hmm. our intent matters. And the the reverence we have for God and the love we have for others that comes out in our words and actions is actually the piece that matters. That's why, well, that's why a teacher of the law can give his offering and thank God that he's not like the sinners. And inside he's like actually really unclean. And then a completely unclean person, a tax collector can go up and give his offering and say, I'm a wreck. I'm totally dependent on your goodness, God. And Jesus says, well, that's the guy that went away justified. That's right. You know, and it's because for Jesus, his interpretation, his oral law is often that actually Mm -hmm. it's inside that matters. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Can I give us like one text to show what oral law is before we make this really practical? I would love that. Okay, so the first text of a Mishnah chapter called Avot, Pirkei Avot, basically means chapters of the fathers. And it's this sweet collection of all of these rabbis over a few centuries kind of just giving their bumper sticker statements, right? Like, here's what you should do, right? And the first verse in the whole thing says this, Moses received the Torah at Sinai. Okay, we knew that. Yeah. He transmitted it to Joshua, right? His understudy who who led the the people into the land. Sure. Joshua to the elders. Think of like the the elders that were appointed to oversee the tribes of Israel, right? Sure. The elders to the prophets, the prophets to the men of the great assembly. These are the folks that rise to be kind of in charge during the time of Ezra Nehemiah in rabbinic lore. Okay. okay cool. So do you see how we've had a chain from Moses to Joshua to the elders to the prophets to the prophets to the people of Ezra Nehemiah and they said these three things. Be patient in administering justice. Hmm. Raise many disciples and make a fence around the Torah. Now, wow. the religious leaders walking around in Jesus day they didn't make a bunch of laws and regulate a bunch of laws because they were grouchy. They yeah. did it to right. construct a barrier around the Torah so that we can't break the law of God, right? Like if you will end working at 4 p.m., then you definitely won't be working at 6 p.m. when the sun goes down before Shabbat. Sure. So they're building a fence around Torah and they view themselves as part of this great lineage of how we keep scripture or how we should be the people of God. Right. Right. And the beautiful thing is, though, is that the reality is, is that they couldn't keep it perfectly. And that's why they needed Jesus to come in and to fulfill it perfectly so that we could live through him and know that there's grace. Right. That there's grace for us in our lives 
as we follow God, because we can follow the one who followed Torah perfectly. Yeah, absolutely. Um, do you know, have you watched any of the, the series that's going viral called The Chosen? Yeah. Oh, I love so that. So they have nailed so many things about the context of Jesus, I think by being daring enough to make it artistic and yeah. to actually make the characters have personalities. Like, yes. Don't you find you can find yourselves in the disciples and 100%. I can find kids I've pastored, right? Yes. Like I've had Matthews, like the ones that are counters. Yeah. And I am a Peter who's a bit of a hothead and needs to be humbled. For sure. I mean, I get it. Right. Yeah. And I love the discussion that's going on among the religious leaders, because you can tell, well, they're all trying to get it right. And they all actually want to love God with everything they've got. Jesus just has a fundamentally different way of doing it. And to be honest, the winds in his sails. And I love the scene where Nicodemus goes to Jesus and he's really Mm -hmm. seeking. He's, he's not a grouchy law keeper. He really wants the answer so that he can represent the one true God yeah. correctly in the totally. world. Yes. And that's the discussion that Jesus is weighing into. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's it's something totally popped in my head when you were saying, you know, yeah. these guys were just trying to put a fence around Torah and help people live it and walk it out. And that they weren't just these grouchy guys running around, like throwing stuff at people because they were mad because they weren't following Torah like, well, I guess, I mean, really, maybe they were a little bit, you know, upset because they weren't following it how they thought it was best because in their minds, they were trying to keep people from not following God. And so in their minds, they were doing the right thing. It made me think of last night, yeah. my husband and my daughter and I were watching some Daniel Tiger. Nice. And first time ever watching Daniel Tiger, by the way. It's a and trip. So because our daughter's still a little young for Daniel Tiger. <laughs> You know, she's 14 months. She doesn't get all the songs and things. Yeah, like that. but if you don't watch good children's programming, you'll go crazy. Well, hey, we're going to. But here's the thing, though, right? My point is that, like, we start watching it. And my husband didn't know this, that Daniel Tiger is very much based off of Mr. Rogers. And yep. so, yeah. you know, like Daniel Tiger's like, it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood, right? And all these things are happening. He's <laughs> taking his shoes off. He's putting a sweater on. And my husband is like... Do the people of Mr. Rogers' neighborhood know that this cartoon is stealing the identity of Mr. <laughs> Rogers? That's awesome. <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh, Rodrigo. I was like, I'm sure that they know. And so then like, but he's still all <laughs> upset about it. And finally yeah. it flashes across the screen. Like it, it says something like, you know, based off of Mr. Rogers' neighborhood. And my husband's like, oh, okay, that's good. That's good. That's good. So yeah. I, I kind of view it like these sages and these other people, these religious leaders of Jesus's day on the same vein where they're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Right. And they're getting their, they're getting yeah. all upset because they don't understand. Right. They don't fully understand. And yeah. uh, so, you know, there's grace for them. Right. But, um, I think Jesus really likes them. That's why he's talking to them. I really do. And I think this is just one little piece that I've discovered reading a lot of rabbinic literature is that whether it's a Pharisee or a scribe, Hillel or Shammai, the other person in the conversation serves as a foil so that you learn. That is Hmm. when you enter the gospels, the way they write their literature you're supposed to see the blunder in the Pharisee's argument 
so that Jesus argument makes sense to you. Wow. It's almost like you learn through the negative example. That's also why the disciples are such idiots. Sometimes you actually learn through the mistakes of the other people trying to learn. Does that make sense? Totally. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. So, Hey, so let's, let's tie a bow on this thing for our listeners. So the Torah, uh, go ahead, go for it, Mark. Let's tie a bow on it. Yeah. So oral Torah is basically in a nutshell, the discussion that went on forever about how to be the people of God. And they view it just as sacred almost as the text itself. Sure. And it's just a key to unlocking why all of these people are walking around debating all of these tiny details about the law. It's not that everyone around Jesus is perpetually grouchy. It's that oral Torah is a living thing and a living discussion about scripture. And it's just a big piece of the context of the gospels. Yeah. So understanding the fact that that was part of the playing field that Jesus was on in his day helps us better understand why he had the discussions he did, why he got into the debates that he did, and helps us better understand how to teach the Bible to students. And watch Jesus' side of the discussion. It's almost always love God and love people with authenticity, Mm -hmm. and you're doing A-OK. That sums up the entire law and the prophets, right? But you can spend your whole life trying to actually do it fully. (laughs) For sure. Yeah. Well, hey, well, thanks for joining us on this episode of First Century Youth Ministry Podcast. And uh, if you'd like to connect with us, we'd love for you to come and hang with our crew. Uh, You can find us at firstcenturyyouthministry.com, where we've got some fun things in the mix there, where you can connect with our uh, Facebook community and uh, where we can get to know you and uh, help one another continue to grow in our love for God uh, as we take a look back for the way forward in youth ministry discipleship. So we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye, everyone.